pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In Michigan's Leelanau Peninsula, there is a charming 100-acre farm just down the road from where I spend the month of August every summer. And I love to ride my bike past this little farm every chance I get because it is an animal sanctuary for animals who are no longer useful to or wanted by their original owners. And it is, of course, called Black Sheep Crossing Farm because the black sheep is the lamb nobody wants. The owner, Marty Scott, had a feeling of unwantedness in his own family when he came into the world, so I guess late in life he decided that he would put this feeling of unwantedness to good use by welcoming these animals. I guess Marty Scott thought Jesus was talking about animals too when he said, I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was a stranger and you took me in. A huge, gorgeous, great Pyrenees dog named Savannah is the guard dog who presides over the place. Before she came to Black Sheep Crossing, Savannah had never been in a car or in a house. There are all kinds of dogs of every variety from teacup size to horse size. Patrick and Edward are Scottish Highland steers with blonde hair as long and silky as Kate Upton's, but don't tell her I said that. Five donkeys, nine black cats. All the animals share the same corral. Now, knowing next to nothing about farming, I thought you'd have to separate the animals into their distinct spaces. But I guess they all eat the same thing, and they all get along much better than people. So this farm is always a parable for me every time I ride past it. The goats have their own house right in the middle of the corral. And every time I ride past, the goats are standing on top of their house. It's just a little shack, really, but it's about eight feet tall, and I have no idea how they get up there. But there they are. And I think to myself, if they can get on top of that house, they can get outside that corral, but they never try, I guess because they like it there. The sheep don't get their own house. Apparently, farming ways haven't changed much in 2,000 years, because one day, while Jesus is traipsing across the Palestinian countryside, he notices a pasture along the roadside, and he decides to turn that parable, that pasture, into a parable. There are sheep and goats grazing there, all together, unseparated. The kingdom of God, says Jesus, is like a flock, a flock of sheep and goats, and just like that little farm in Michigan's Leelanau Peninsula, farmers would tend both sheep and goats, and they would graze together during the day. But at night, the sheep and the goats had to be separated for a very obvious reason that I'd never really thought of before. The goats don't have a warm wool coat, so they need a house to spend the night in. The sheep don't get their own house. So one important job of the first century shepherd cum goat herd or the 21st century farmer is traffic control. Sheep to the right and goats to the left. Now I hope the dark humor of Jesus' little story is not lost on you. The goats have to go to the warm place, to the place of eternal fire. The sheep get to spend history with God. 
One of the great shepherd's main jobs is traffic control. Sheep to the right, goats to the left. And what's both wonderful and terrible about Jesus' little parable is that surprise is the order of the day. Did you hear the shock and the voices of all the world's children when they faced the great shepherd on the last day of history? All the criteria of goodness and righteousness that we deem so important just doesn't matter to Jesus. He doesn't give a flying leap about these distinctions we make. You know how we spend so much energy on these subtle distinctions? Where did you learn? University of Chicago or City College of Chicago? What do you do, doctor or domestic? What do you wear, Prada or pennies? Where do you live, ghetto or gated community? What's your music, rap or Rachmaninoff? What's your name for God, Allah or Yahweh? What color are you, black or Anglo or Hispanic? And then we reach the last day of history and we find Jesus is using different criteria. We've been dividing the sheep and the goats all the wrong ways. And even religious belief appears to amount to nothing as far as Jesus is concerned. The Presbyterian minister fully expected to be numbered among the sheep, but was not. While the Meals on Wheels volunteer, never much of a churchgoer, is surprised to discover that she's numbered among the sheep with God. And when she says, Lord, when did I ever see you hungry and give you to eat? And Jesus will say to her, that cold day in January when you brought lunch to, little, to the little blind lady who lives above the bar on the south side, that was no little old lady, that was me. And I will never forget you for it. Now, I guess we shouldn't have been surprised by these distinctions Jesus makes. Because who is the great shepherd standing there at that fork in the road on history's last day? What's well, Jesus, of course, and whom did he spend all his time consorting with? As Frederick Buechner puts it, Jesus spent all his days hanging out with the man with no legs who sells shoelaces at the corner, the bag lady in the moth-eaten fur coat who makes her daily rounds of the garbage can, the old wino with his pint in the brown paper bag, the pusher, the whore, the village idiot who stands there waving as the cars pass by. The Roman Catholic priest and poet Gerard Manley Hopkins has written what has come to be one of my favorite sonnets of all time. Part of it is printed at the beginning of your bulletins. It's called, As Kingfishers Catch Fire. Father Hopkins says, As kingfishers catch fire and dragonflies draw flame, I say more, the just man justices, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is, Christ. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in eyes, and lovely in limbs, not his. And what Father Hopkins is trying to say is that as the kingfisher's flashy feathers flame forth the fire of the sun, as the dragonfly's whispering translucent wings sparkle with rainbow colors as it catches the light off the surface of a pond, so the man or woman filled with the light of Christ will glow with an unearthly incandescence. 
The just man justices, says Father Hopkins, turning a noun into a verb and making his English teacher wince. The just man justices, acts in God's eye what in God's eye he is. Christ, for Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in eyes and lovely in limbs, not his. Do you see Christ the healer in the eyes and limbs of those who do his bidding? Christ shines in the eyes of the Stephen minister who spends two hours a week listening to the shattered cries of the brokenhearted. Christ plays in the hands of the hospice volunteer who watches next the bed of despair through the long night of pain. Christ plays in the hands of the care guild people who fill our kitchen once a month preparing meals for the freezer for the parents of newborns and for the sick. Christ plays in the gentle hands of the physician who spends hours every week volunteering at the public clinic. Christ plays in 10,000 places. You might see Christ the healer just there. Or, alternatively, you might see Christ the crucified playing in the streets of the city. That's what Mother Teresa says. She says she sees the face of Christ in the faces of the starving children of Calcutta. And Jesus himself says, I was a stranger and you took me in. Jill Denny is the choir director at Mountain View High School in Silicon Valley, California. One year, a long time ago, she decided that she wanted to take her high school choir on a tour of Japan. And when she told the kids, they were all excited. And in the days following the announcement, they were all signing up. But one of Miss Denny's star pupils did not sign up for the trip. And when she asked him why he wasn't coming along, he looked down at his feet and said, I can't afford it. And Miss Denny said, don't worry about that. We'll figure it out. We'll get you a scholarship or something. His name was Jose Antonio Vargas. And it was then that Jose had to tell Miss Denny that he was lying. He wasn't skipping the trip because he couldn't afford it. He was skipping the trip because he didn't have the right passport. Jose had come to the United States from the Philippines when he was 12 years old to live with his grandparents who were naturalized citizens, but of course, Jose himself was not a citizen. He was an illegal. He learned English quickly by watching Frasier and Home Improvement on television and the film Goodfellas on VHS tape from the library. Can you imagine learning English from Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta in Goodfellas? Jose had come to the United States when he was 12 or about in the sixth grade, but by the eighth grade, he'd won the annual spelling bee at his school by spelling the word indefatigable. He couldn't pronounce it. I can't either. He couldn't pronounce it, but he could spell it. So he came to the United States when he was 12, but he never knew that his green card was fake until he brought it to the DMV one day to get his driver's license at the age of 16. For four years, nobody dared to tell Jose that he was an illegal. And so when Jose told Jill Denny, his choir director at Mountain View High School, why he wasn't going to Japan, Miss Denny said, okay then, we'll go to Hawaii. And they did. 
no child left behind was her motto, borrowed from George Bush. Never met Jill Denny, but I think I'd like her. She reminds me of Lisa Bond. Maybe some of you know that Jose Antonio Vargas won a Pulitzer Prize in 2008 for his work as part of a Washington Post team which had covered the Virginia Tech shootings the year before. Now, I have no idea what Jill Denny's religious convictions are, but I do know what Jesus will say to her at the end of time. I was a stranger, and you took me in. So, there he stands at the end of history, the great judge, the good shepherd, this one who spent all his waking hours hanging out with the least, the last, the lost, the lame, the leper, the loser, and the lonely. And he expects us to be the Christ to them and to see the Christ in them. For Christ plays in 10,000 places, lovely in eyes and lovely in limbs, not his. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Amen.